It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Mike and Viana got to play some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Viana got to play some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Everybody, welcome to the RHAP BNB for the premiere of Survivor Island of the Idols. My name is Mike Bloom here to break down a fully packed premiere, both on your screen, and I'm sure I'll have some on island intel as well from this really interesting premiere of Island of the Idols. And of course, I'm joined by a fantastic panel of people rooting me on as I try to build this podcast fire to uh, break your feeds, much like it would break a rope. First, someone who has worked tirelessly the past few days to Add a little bit of a weird spy shack onto the B&B, Liana Boris. Liana, I'm so sorry you've been getting to so much construction lately. <laughs> yeah, um, that was actually, I was planning on just listening to the podcast from afar and making snide comments in the background, but uh, but I think I'll join everyone and participate this time. Although, maybe I'll just chastise you, Mike, for your decision. Why would you choose to do that on a podcast? Well, Why would you ever take that deal? That's a terrible deal. To be fair, I, I face that every day with a lot of the decisions I make, both from um, myself and from the people around me. So, you know what? You're just helping pay the therapy bills with that. Thank you, Boston Liana. You're welcome. And of course, we are joined by a very special guest to break down this premiere, the first lady of podcast. And you may have heard her only a couple of weeks ago break down her original thoughts on the cast. And now we'll get a bit of before and after as we've seen these people a little bit in action on the island. Nicole Sesternino, welcome back. How are you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm doing well. That's awesome. Glad to hear. I'm- How are you guys? <laughs> we're good. Yeah, we're just chilling at the B&B. You know, I don't know what what, what goes on in my it's life. It's the place to be. You Before the show, y'all are talking about the kids. And I'm like, I have a cat. So, <laughs> you know, it's very similar. Kids and cats are very similar. <laughs> well, I think cats are cleaner. Uh, that's possible. That's possible. Yeah, ca- kids. Kids don't necessarily clean themselves unless you have like no, a young kids are Sheldon. disgusting. <laughs> and i'm sure you know i don't know if either of you do but yeah young sheldon cats those that's probably a more similar comparison (laughs) pretty much (laughs) exactly that's the any cbs characters can be compared to cats uh it's young sheldon no we'll see although wait hold on sorry not to go too tangential already but the cats uh have you both seen that the trailer i know this is like kind of old news but how the for the cats movie they're like animated but they have their faces Yes. Okay. It's creepy. I'm just going to say that. But I'm still kind of here for it. Okay. We are on the pulse of news on the (laughs) B&B. Only a quick two months after the Cats trailer dropped are we getting Liana's hot tips about it. I don't know. Fire takes. Nicole, are you you into Cats? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen this trailer. I, all I watch is uh, the Disney channel. So I haven't seen the the trailer for that. It's so creepy. Uh, you should, you know, you may want to stay away from it. It's very like Uncanny Valley. I feel like if uh, people thought Island of the Idols was like a weird, crazy concept, this is that 
but in a very creepy way. Like they're they're in they're sort of like anthropomorphic cats, but they're also shrunken down to the size of regular cats, as opposed to like the human sized <laughs> dancers that you saw in the musical. It's a really weird concept. It's very upsetting. <laughs> It sounds disturbing. Uh, I will say, thankfully, the first episode of Island of the Idols was much less disturbing <laughs> than the Cats trailer. Yeah. So maybe we should Unless, talk about I don't that know. instead. Do you think Kelly Kim would rather go watch Cats the movie or get a massage from Dan? Mm. Cats clean themselves. So as a germaphobe, you know, I don't know how she <laughs> feels yeah, about that. Yeah. Good point. Uh, well, let's talk about this episode because... I've admitted I'm a little biased. You know, I happen to be out there for the, the first few days to watch this cycle happen. And I'm sure we'll get into all the random odds and ends that I was able to witness. For my money, I thought it was a pretty darn good premiere. But I'm intrigued to hear what you both thought, uh, you know, as someone who walked into all this for the first time. What were your thoughts on how all your presuppositions about the season and how it actually opened up? Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, uh, it, you know, I was I was excited about the cast because I felt like they were a really good cast of characters. And I know we talked about this, Mike, on our preseason podcast, but I didn't think that that was maybe necessarily going to translate into good gameplay. But I knew that there were going to be people that I was interested in watching. And I think that that's absolutely what we saw. Um, and then I'm sure we'll get into it. The actual Island of the Idols was I don't somehow very different than what I expected, even though I knew everything about it. Um, so overall, I think I really enjoyed this episode and it was a really fun premiere. Yeah, I agree. I like this cast. Everyone was really excited to be there. It was like good camaraderie. But then at the same time, there was also there was strategy at play, too, which was, you know, it was good. Yeah, it is really interesting that, you know, I know Rob listed off this stat in his other podcast that, you know, Ronnie ends up getting voted out here. And he is the first guy to be booted since Darnell, you know, uh, to three and a half years ago, which is pretty mm-hmm. crazy. But it speaks to the level of how. A, the idea that, you know, no matter what your gender, ethnicity, you know, sexuality might be, if you stick out on a tribe initially, you're going to get targeted no matter what. And I think it also just speaks to the fact that, I don't know, that this is a, it's a group of gamers. That's what Ronnie told me. That's what Jeff told me. And I guess we saw firsthand here. Now, again, Liana, like you and I said, whether or not it's going to be good gameplay or bad gameplay remains to be seen. But I was very surprised for numerous reasons to see Ronnie go in this first episode, especially over people like Elaine or Vince, who very much fit the demographics of the usual Survivor first boots that we've seen as of late. Hmm. I mean, so I don't know, Mike, how much you see when you're out there. I know that you go and you get to at least observe from the shadows or from your own uh, little spy shack, potentially, um, (laughs) what's going on. But did the way that it was um, portrayed on the TV show, did it match what you observed when you were out there? Absolutely. And that's what makes it so intriguing. People were like, I didn't see this coming. Where the hell did Ronnie came, come from? We were asking ourselves the exact same thing as we were sitting watching Tribal Council. Uh, the vast majority of the talk was around Elaine. Uh, you know, all that emotion you got from her of like, I just want to fill up my cup. You know, I just really want to be here. I'd say at least 90% of the Tribal Council was either them talking about how likable Elaine is and Elaine tearfully pleading with everybody to keep her. The only other 10% was from Vince, you know, also getting emotional and talking a bit about, you know, his own experiences opening up. That one thing we saw of Ronnie listing off his jobs was probably the only question he got asked in the entirety of that tribal council. So, you know, we got to see inside the voting booths, we got to see, you know, all the, the votes being cast. So I think it was Vince is the first one who gets up 
goes to the booth and, and I'm thinking like, okay, this is it. Elaine's gone. And he writes down Ronnie's name and we all just had a huge reaction because this did not come up whatsoever. And we had heard, you know, we hear some intel um, of what's going on at the camps. And we had heard after like the first day that Ronnie and Aaron had put themselves on the outs a little bit. But just watching that tribal council, you would not have thought he was on the chopping block whatsoever. You thought that Elaine would essentially get reamed out, except the opposite of Reem, and that everybody loved her, and so they wanted to get rid of her, but nowhere at any point in time over the course of Tribal Council was Ronnie even a thought in anyone's minds, and it showed on his face when the votes came in. Hmm. So did Jeff just not ask the right questions then at Tribal Council to... So you wouldn't know that Ronnie was getting voted out? No, I mean, I th- like I don't understand. I mean, I think it was honestly when they walked in. I mean, Elaine was the one to bring the conversation up first by her being like, you know, Jeff shoots to Elaine first. Elaine starts talking about things, and then she says, "Yeah, and you know what? It's probably me tonight." And I think he really wanted to glom onto that. But he ran with and that. so he ran yeah. with that, and then we got more fires being fed. I mean, that was when Karishma starts talking about how likability can be a liability, and mm-hmm. you know, the conversation. They were there was some conversation like they mentioned. Island of the Idols once. I talked about this with Ronnie in my exit interview that he and I were both very surprised that Elizabeth was not given more scrutiny in that tribal council about going to Island of the Idols and yeah. what she might have. Uh, but yeah, the conversation mostly seemed to revolve around Elaine. I mean, I think it's because she really felt like she needed to save her own skin that she just kept talking and bringing the conversation back to, you know, how much this was going to be an experience for her and why it wouldn't make sense to get rid of somebody likable this early. So I think she was just trying to talk her way out of it, even though it turns out she didn't necessarily need to do it because it was between Vince and Ronnie anyway. Mm-hmm. I liked when Boston Rob asked Sandra if it was uh, this hard for her to vote somebody out. And she's like, oh, yeah. F no. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so good. I loved the little weird booth thing that they were sitting oh my in. God. <laughs> yeah, we had to talk about that. Uh, the J- Jimmy Fallon secret spy booth. Uh, I-, I called it back in like the moment. I called it the Jimmy Fallon hidey hole. Just this <laughs> idea of like these two people. It was crazy. When we when we walked uh, into Tribal Council, which, by the way, this particular season, I'm assuming all the sets are gorgeous, but to actually be there for this particular set is insane it's like the whole town yeah so they did uh the immunity challenge you know how the puzzle was like a circle of huts that's the tribal council set it's Uh, a big circle of huts around the center so it actually looks like like a a, if you would a council of a tribe would convene in the center of a village that's what it looks like and it's crazy but we hear okay there's one more surprise and josh and i are like okay what's that gonna be and we sit down and then we see you know lyro come in and sit down and then we see a shot of just this random hut. And then we see Boston Rob and Sandra come in and sit down. <laughs> I'm still not sure how to feel about it because I think some people are wondering if this is uh, alluding to the fact that they might be able to cast a jury vote later on, which I'm not sure how I, I feel about personally. But in terms of the commentary of it all, it, it's really fun. Yeah, it looks like if they move a little too much, the hut's going to yeah. fall. <laughs> or like they only have enough space to just cram in there, like sitting right on each other's laps. <laughs> is it, Mike, do you know where the shack is located? Is it one of the little, like, is it actually at Tribal or are they in a booth yeah. somewhere? They are? No, it's at, yeah, it's, it's at Tribal. So yeah, there's, they're in one of those huts. I believe, uh, not to give, you know, too much of, of how the sausage gets made, but, you know, there is a, a booth where you know some of the electrical elements of tribal are controlled and i believe the hidey hole is like contained within <laughs> that booth and to the point where uh jeff actually said this season's tribal design 
started with that booth. If they went to, you know, Dax, <laughs> who's this the great designer, and said, like, okay, we're going to need to have a tribal set that is somehow able to obscure this, like, six-foot-by-six-foot compartment so two people could sit in it. And then he essentially built the entire tribal council around that idea. Huh. So... Oh, can they? Okay, I couldn't tell because it seemed like they didn't even get a full window. Can they really see out of there? I think they can. I didn't. I wasn't oh. able to go up there. My thought, and I could be completely wrong about this as to whether or not they just have a screen to watch, but I think it's one of those like one-way mirrors, mm. you know, where like it's material that's uh, sheer enough for them to be able to see out of, but the others can't see into it, or. Maybe they, if they looked hard enough, they would notice it. But I think considering it was those people's first tribal councils, I do not think they were necessarily, you know, scouring the uh, the tribal council set. They were more so paying attention to making sure they were in the majority. Right. I mean, I guess that. OK, I mean, I know they can definitely hear them because when Ronnie said I'm from Boston and then they cut back to Boston, Rob nodding approvingly and trying to look over at Sandra and Sandra just completely no refusing to. acknowledge. <laughs> she didn't want to yes, give it exactly. to him. <laughs> oh, it was totally one of those moments where Boston Rob's like trying to get the yeah, yeah Boston, you know, right. And Sandra's like, no, like, screw you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, uh, Ronnie's downfall. I think there are some good parts and some bad parts to it. I will say, you know, I think the. The populace at large uh, was not too keen on him by the time that he left. I think it's also like if you have to pick between losing Elaine, Vince or Ronnie, I'm sorry, Ronnie, but unfortunately he takes the bronze there. But I, I'll admit, I, I do regret the fact that he was never going to be able to go out to IOI because I think him being able to interact with Boston Rob, you know, both being from Bo- from Massachusetts, both having some dealings in the poker world would have been a very interesting mm-hmm. mix. Mm-hmm. A good showdown. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been pretty crazy, especially if Boston Rob had tried to like pull some nonsense on him. You know, what would Ronnie have done? (laughs) So I was very confused because um, I watched this episode actually twice and I ended up watching like the second half first. Well, you could have just watched that one commercial, Nicole, that apparently told you which tribe was going to tribal council. Yeah. Apparently uh, there was a. I actually. Yeah, there was a commercial that spoiled it. It was crazy. Anyway, yeah. Oh, CBS, what are you doing? But I thought that Jason was actually the one Mm. that was um, voted out. So I was saying to Rob, I was like, "Oh, your twin got voted out," and he—I don't—I don't know if he thought I was joking, (laughs) but he he kind of played along. And um, but I was—it was like really like weird and awkward. And then when I was watching this the episode back, I was like, "Oh, wait a second, that's not Jason." I'm so confused. Uh, That's funny. I actually got Ronnie and Aaron confused for a while. I was trying to remember which one was which. Um, So that one for me Mm -hmm. was a difficult comparison. So yeah, I get it. I I empathize. Yeah, well, it's also... In the beginning, it's hard to like... There's so many people in so many different names. It's hard to remember. But in the, um, the cast assessment, we had talked about Aaron and how he was like... He's he's the gym owner, right? Yes. And um, he was like, he's like this big guy. And he's like, I'm just going to lay low and, you know, n- uh, not stand out. But then he was like the godfather <laughs> walking around with a toothpick, toothpick in his mouth. Yeah. Very Wendell-esque with the toothpick. Yeah. Yes. Like, OK, bro, way to lay low. <laughs> yeah, really doing it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really interesting that you bring up, you know, sort of mixing up names. Because first off, we have 22 people on the season, which is a little crazy. Now we only have 21. But uh, also, you know, looking at the edit of everything, and I think one thing that this episode has really gotten a lot of praise for, understandably so, is we really got to know a lot about the vast majority of the cast. The only person who didn't get a confessional is Dean, which, you know, I, I think Ron, Ronnie told me that, like, Dean was actually very to himself and quiet, so maybe he just wasn't forthcoming with a lot of stuff at that point in time. 
But Ronnie, if I told you that Ronnie only got one confessional in the premiere, I don't think you would believe me. And but he did. Mm-hmm. And that's it's really interesting yeah. in that, you know, I know we like to use confessionals as a metric for editing, but it sort of makes you realize that maybe that's not necessarily the case in that. I don't think I don't know. You guys can tell me if it was a giant, huge shocker that Ronnie ended up going. But I feel like there was enough story there where even though he got one confessional, there was so much involving him and so much of him on the island interacting with people that it didn't feel like, a okay, who's this guy? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I felt like also I could see Ronnie going just because the alliances, even though there was the the Tom, um, Vince and Elaine that were all on the outs, I still felt like they seemed pretty strong. And then the women's alliance seemed pretty strong. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of other um, segments that. Uh, I don't know, showed that, that, that those alliances weren't valid, right? Or tried to undercut the validity of those um, groups. And so I felt like, oh, okay, well, if it's between Elaine, maybe outside chance of Vince and Ronnie, to me, it seemed like Ronnie was going to go. So it wasn't like completely unexpected um, to mm-hmm. me, at least when I was watching. Yeah, I was just happy that Elaine didn't go. She seems like a really good character to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seems so fun. I am really oh, excited yeah. to know more about her and just watch her interact because when she was hanging on the tree, <laughs> like it's just so <laughs> funny. It was, I don't know, little things like that just make me really uh, engage with a certain person or a certain contestant. No, she is awesome. And she was just as fun to watch on screen as she was to talk to. And, you know, when we went to the Lyro camp, they were all goofing off, you know, they were they were doing the rap battles and they were doing joking scenes about like what would happen when they first met Jeff Probst. And Elaine came back from a confessional and she did like seven minutes of stand up and everyone was just like <laughs> in rapture with her. So I can understand, again, maybe you don't want to say off the top of your head, hey, I'm specifically voting for this person because they're likable. But you could understand why someone like Ronnie would be concerned about how everyone automatically fell in love with her, much like the audience did. Mm hmm. Yeah, totally. For sure. Well, well, let's let's get into some more uh, specific talk about this premiere. And I want to start, let's keep on this Ronnie train, because uh, we only have one episode of Ronnie to talk about. But let's talk about the preseason predictions. So, again, we did it a little bit differently this time, where I, of course, know, knew that Ronnie was going before the season uh, officially was released. So I couldn't formally submit a pick for uh, for Ronnie, a prediction for Ronnie. But I want to talk about Ronnie from Leon's perspective, but also, Nicole, from your perspective, because what I found so interesting listening to all this preseason stuff is, I'll admit, that's a little fun to, like, have a secret uh, to know, you know, who the first boot was. And I feel like Ronnie has such an interesting variance as to how people thought he would do, like Angie Kahn's thought he would do super well. But, Nicole, you basically had Ronnie pegged from the get-go in your cast assessment as to how you thought he would do. Yeah, I just feel like you can't trust the poker players. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You just you never know what they're going to do. And they're always up to something. They're bluffing or there's too many games, too many games involved. With well, them. and I think, you know, his whole thing where he was taking a step back. Oh, I'm just going to observe people. I mean, I think that just made people observe. Yeah, yeah people <laughs> observe you observing them. OK, bro, like, yeah, <laughs> step up. That's why he needs to find his own hidey hole and be able to observe people without people observing him. Yeah, he needs his own little tree house that he can just like chill in with a one way mirror <laughs> or two way mirror. What's the word? One way. Yeah. Right. It yeah, would okay. be one way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two way mirror would just be like a window, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would just be a two way mirror is just a window. 
Oh my god, that reminds me. Didn't I say the one thing? What do you call a group of baseball players? Oh yeah, a, a team. A team. <laughs> a team. Oh god, what a disaster. Liana, you're just writing popsicle stick jokes for themselves. I know, for real. Someone You sound like jokes that my five year old says. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's about the level of my humor as well. So it kind of makes sense. Um okay, well I wrote a prediction. So. Yeah, yeah. I wanna, I wanna hear what I hear wanna hear what you thought Ronnie would do. Because again, everyone seemed to be like all over the map much like Ronnie's game when it came to how they thought he would do. Yeah. So, um, okay. So first of all, for my predictions, since I've already won the predictions game, since Mike got to meet all these people and that's blatantly unfair. Um, I decided to base all of my predictions on Mike's soup question. So when Mike was doing his interviews, he asked all of the contestants what soup they would be. And I'm just really going to run this soup thing into the ground. So Ronnie predicted Mm. split pea soup. Based on this, I said pre-jury, and <laughs> my prediction makes sense. Okay, so Ronnie came on strong initially, but was able to stick around till the first tribe swap. When the tribe swap came, he got together with Jason to form the Split Pea Soup Alliance. But unfortunately, that was a detriment to his game, as they easily annoyed everyone on their tribe. They were too green and mushy. It was an easy first vote, as the other <laughs> tribe members came together to split pea soup the votes between jason and ronnie ronnie received the most votes and was sent out of the game okay there's several interesting things about this very good first nicole would be very confused if ronnie and jason were on the same tribe together i it would blow my mind i mean obviously cut from the same cloth so it makes the the split pea soup uh tub so i think that makes sense i could just i could just imagine like uh it's like the picture of two spider-men pointing at each other except it's two pictures of split pea soup pointing at each other like oh you like split pea soup too yeah i do too let's join up yeah or like uh the meme from the office where it's like i needed to tell the difference between these two pictures they're the same picture um yeah so anyway that's what i said yeah, but I think you also sort of predicted, you know, uh, something pretty similar for not only Ronnie, but Jason, too, in terms of just, like, being real squirrely and people being unnerved by that. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the sense that I got from the two of them, um, was that, oh, I think people are going to find them a little shady, a little wishy-washy. They're not going to be, they're, they're going to think of them as gamers. Um, and, you know, the poker thing obviously fits into that. So, um, for sure, yeah, I thought he would last a little bit longer just because it seemed like he might have some challenge strength. But, um but yeah, so sorry, Ronnie. I, I don't know, Liana, you know, you say everyone regards them as really wishy-washy, but one person regarded Jason as being, you know, like an ex-boyfriend, someone you could really trust. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That was weird. Is that what you said? Nora said that, right? Yeah, she did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, wait. So if it was if it was an ex out there, I, I mean, I guess it depends how I ended things with the ex. <laughs> like, they're your ex is that really someone that you can trust i mean maybe if you ended things amicably but i don't know (laughs) but it's so but it's so interesting like i almost feels like the opposite like it reminds me of the opposite of lauren rimmer and patrick of her being like gingers have no souls you know i have a lot of shady gingers in my life so i need to vote him out like you're projecting another person from your life onto somebody but that makes you trust them it's such a weird concept Mm, yeah that's true i don't know that's bizarre though um I don't know. It depends on the X. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I'm, we're going to have to get some follow-up from Nora. And maybe we will soon, depending on what the next time on is showing. <laughs> that's true. Sounds like she's obsessed with her ex. Um, it does. Yeah, that's also possible. I wonder if maybe he broke up with her or something like that. And 
and she's, she's like, yeah, she's it. like not over it. And or it's like, uh, you know, when you are obsessed with something, you see it everywhere. Um, like, oh my gosh, I saw his picture on burnt toast. It's definitely his my ex. <laughs> this piece of toast reminds me of my ex boyfriend. Uh, I don't uh, know. So, so you think Nora, Nora's ex boyfriend is living rent free in her head? Yes, exactly. Sounds sounds like it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say also like Rob and Sandra, I think, are living rent free in everybody's heads, even though only one person knows about them. I, I feel like it's going to become a thing soon. <laughs> well, they're living rent free in the spy shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and then their their giant heads are living rent free on uh, the island of the idols. Oh my god, this blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> is it really that big? Yes, it's tw- it's okay. twenty five feet high. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy. I would want to take it home with me, though, if that was if I was Sandra. <laughs> How would you take it home? Like, with I would. You? I would like want that in the front of my house. Yeah, but would you like tie it to the top of a the jet like a Christmas tree? <laughs> <laughs> Can you? I mean, and you know, airlines really charge for luggage these days. Can you imagine yeah, how much like, right, that's seventy five dollars for yeah. one carry on times about a thousand? <laughs> I think it's worth it, though. Like, I think it's over fifty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm intrigued to get your uh, your both of your thoughts on this. Is it a re- is it a, a likely resemblance? Do you feel like it, it at least is somewhat of a comparison to the actual real deals? Oh, like do I think it looks like them? I, yeah, I mean, I feel like at first it didn't, and then the more you look at it, then it's like, oh yeah, totally. I, I could I could see it. <laughs> Um, I didn't notice until this episode, actually. But are they wearing clothes? Like, do they have shirts and stuff on that are like yeah. separate from the bust? If they felt felt like they were different, or are they just painted? And so that's why. No, it so the the face and the, the the quote unquote skin is made up of wood, and the clothes are made up of sheet metal. So like Sandra's oh. shirt and Rob's uh Rob's little tank top are made out of metal. Oh, and so that's why it looks different because it's because what's the uh, yeah so it's made out of a different material. Okay, that makes sense. So fancy. Um, how much do you think it would cost for Nicole to get one for herself for her her front lawn? Yeah, how many (laughs) how many new patrons to RHAP would it need to take? Oh, I think I I don't think we'd be able we'd be able to get all that many. (laughs) I don't know. You might be able to, Um, or maybe something at least a little maybe not twenty five feet. I'll take a miniature version. Exactly, you could get a smaller version. Um, But yeah, that's still really insane. Do you think they're going to take them down, or do you think they're just going to leave them up for season forty? I mean, that'd be also like I mean, if people happen to be in season forty and you would need a reason to target them, look no further than hey, take a boat to this island and you'll see a statue of them. That's why we need to get rid of them. Yeah, (laughs) they have their giant heads out on this other island. Like maybe we should get rid of them. Oh, and so some fun intel about that. So they have two separate shelters. Originally, they only had one. You see that like that like little double bed situation they have going on for them. That was provided for them coming in. They call it the snug, uh, I guess, because it's like a snug fit. Uh, But they said when Josh and I uh, we found we saw them on day two. But they said that the first night there were so many snakes crawling around, and Rob hates (laughs) snakes so much that they had to build an entirely new shelter up on higher ground away. So when Elizabeth goes to practice making fire, it's at that second shelter. Oh, it's it's nice to be Boston Rob. You really get whatever you want. Mm. Well, I guess Boston Rob won't be doing the lesson on snakes then. Um, <laughs> whenever that happens. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if they start running out of material, it'll be like, yes, how to handle a snake. Because I don't know exactly. I mean, I guess Sandra <laughs> called Johnny Fairplay a snake at one point. Mm-hmm. So maybe it could be more of a metaphoric thing. But I don't know. 
if a snake handling contest is going to come up anytime soon. <laughs> I think that that's the actual new final five uh, challenge. <laughs> so it's ha- snake handling, then fire making, then, you know, so we just go on from there. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Okay, well, should I get into my game that I brought, Mike? Yeah. Okay, so speaking of the Island of the Idols, I have a game that's called Did Somebody Say Idol? Um, And what I did is I kept track of how many times a particular word or phrase was said in this episode. And so what we're going to do is the goal is to guess... um, as close as possible um, to the number of times that uh, a word was said. Okay, so the way that this is going to work is um, we're actually going to do this um, Robin and Kiva Nita podcast style where one of you will set the number and then the other person just has to guess over or under. Um, and so if you guess correctly over or under, you get it right. Um, so that's how it's going to work. So the first question, uh, the first phrase will go to Mike. So we're going to start off with the word Idol. So, Mike, you have to oh. tell me how many times you think the word idol was said in this episode. See, it's interesting because obviously you have the paranoia around the title, which I will say, uh, you know, I know that that they took a bit of a swing in not having a marooning and trying to build the paranoia within the people. I really feel like it worked. I really liked how they started off the season because it really got us to know everybody well. And also it just built a really awkward mood that I think uh, manifested itself very well. So there was some talk there. You had Jason talking about the idol, and then you have, obviously, Boston Rob offering up his own idol with the fire-making challenge. So I feel like that's a fair amount. I'm going to say nine. Okay, so now, Nicole, you have to tell me if you think that the word idol was said more than nine times or less than nine times. Um, I think it was more. I'm going to go for the over. Okay, that's correct. So Nicole gets a point. It was said 30 times. <laughs> what? Holy yeah. moly. I was going to say 15. <laughs> yeah. So uh, apparently someone did say idol and it was said 30 times in this episode. D- did my like, <laughs> does my mind just like have a filter on idols? I didn't realize that uh, that it was said 30 times. Yeah. So to be fair, that's in, you know, talking about, oh, I'm searching for an idol or in the phrase island of, I- of the idols or whatever. But uh, but yes, it was a lot so we'll see uh we didn't see any hidden immunity idols found this time so we'll see if hidden immunity idols uh show up 30 times that's, hopefully not yeah and that's pretty crazy as well maybe that's another reason why i found this premiere so different than everything else because i believe uh i think reddit said this is the first time since co wrong not only did a man get booted first but 
Also, it was the first premiere since then to like not have any sort of advantage be found in the premiere, which especially for 90 minutes is pretty crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Nicole, this next one is for you. So um, okay. Boston Rob, how many times was the name Boston <laughs> Rob said in this episode? <laughs> hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say six. Um, I don't remember hearing it all too much, but I do remember hearing it a bit. So I'm going to say six. six. So Mike, higher or lower? I mean, I feel like I'm going with the the idle tide rising all boats here. I got to feel like it's over. Uh, So that's correct. This one was closer, though. It was 10. Um, So Boston Rabia was said 10 times, Um, which, by the way, I just want to take this as an opportunity to talk about sassy Boston Rob uh, with the whole challenge with the fire with Elizabeth. (laughs) Like afterwards, him being like, oh, that's a lesson learned the hard way. What a stupid move. (laughs) Always trust your gut. You never should have bowed me in this. It's like, how rude. (laughs) He was so sassy. Yeah, it's it's a little what I I love it. I mean, when I was talking with him before this season, like he seemed to be legitimately sincere of like, I really want people to learn out here. I want them to do well. And I'm like, yeah, but you're also Boston Rob. Like there's still a little bit of person dad of four. There's still a little bit of that Marquesas Boston Rob living inside you. And I feel like it came out here of like why did you do that? You're so stupid. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yes. His poor children. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I can imagine if that was my dad, uh, <laughs> uh, that would be very funny. I mean, I'm here for it in terms of entertainment. That's not what I expected from the Island of the idols at all to have like sassy Boston Rob come in and just yeah, so, shame so, uh, the other contestants. <laughs> that's the second time you mentioned this, Leona. I'm intrigued to hear. Cause I, I forget how much we talked about it on our preview. How did you expect in terms of tone, the Island of the idols to be? And look, uh, I think that they're going to move on from like the literal fire making stuff into more uh, intangible things. But at least at this time around, how did you think it was going to be? Yeah, I mean, I I, I was going to say, I guess I expected it to be more serious and maybe it was trying to be serious. But I just thought it was kind of funny the whole time, especially with Elizabeth being the one out there um, and her just like, whoa, reactions to everything that was going on. Um, but the whole like segment with, uh, oh, you need three things to make fire fuel, which is the wood, you know, air, which is air. Like that whole thing I thought oh was my awesome. God, I love they showed, like, they showed like a tumbleweed, like, jo- yeah. like not even tumbleweed blowing. It was just like jostling one inch. <laughs> Yeah, it was just really funny. And then, you know, everything is a lesson, which um, made me think of uh, Arrested Development and J. Walter Weatherman, like losing yes. his arm. <laughs> it's just So for me, it seemed more silly, I think, than maybe it was intending to be. Um, and so I found it actually really, really entertaining in terms of the ramifications of, oh, is this going to take away a lot of screen time or we're not going to get to know people? Um, I think I have to wait on that to see how it goes. Um, but I was I was entertained by the the Island of the Idols. <laughs> Yeah, what what did you think, Nicole? I agree. I, I thought it was um, much better than I had anticipated. Um, Boston Rob is always entertaining. Um, I was just concerned with his face. I thought that he burned his face in the fire at one point, right? <laughs> yeah, there was one point where I think he was like, uh, when Elizabeth lost, he was like coughing because I'm pretty sure he like stuck his face pretty close to that fire. So like, yes, Rob has made hundreds of fires in his life, but 
but his like eyes were tearing um yeah i i don't know i was a little worried for his eyebrows in that moment i was like if he like oh my god could you bad. imagine next time they go to island of the idols no boston eyebrows. rob has like sharpie eyebrows <laughs> he, he like stole the pen at the voting booth he's like trying to draw them on <laughs> which that pen is super cool by the way it's got like teeth on it or whatever because oh it's so it's so awesome the voting booth is really awesome because uh you know sometimes they do they've started to do like voting booths uh on stairs and uh-huh. this one is like in its own little hut uh, actually, I think it's right near the Heidi Hole, where there's like a little set of stairs leading up to it, and then around into the voting booth. It's just—it's a really—it feels very private. It's very cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay, well, speaking uh, speaking of, I guess Boston Rob and fire and all that nonsense. The next word that I have, um, and Mike, you'll set this one is fire. So, how many times do you think the word fire was said in this episode? Oh, I'm sure it was said so many times in the Island of the Idol stuff. Plus, you have Janet, which was incredible you know again that we hear this intel about what happens at the camp since we don't experience it when i heard after the first day like oh you know vokai is doing great they have fire i was like what fire is, is there a, <laughs> is there like a flint hidden somewhere in a tree how did how did they get fire but janet is a bad i can't think of like maybe not since yao man in survivor fiji did we see someone start fire without flint and she did it so quickly it would have been interesting to see if she went to island of the idols because she would have smoked boston rob and singed his uh ego as well as his eyebrows i'm gonna say fire was said let's go with 15 times okay all right so nicole do you think fire said more or less than 15 times oh, well first i want to say i'm really glad that it was a woman who started yeah, the fire yeah. I feel like that was that was amazing um i'm gonna go with I feel like just in the uh, Boston Rob segment, it was said 15 <laughs> times. So I'm going to say over. Uh, that's correct. 22 times the word fire what? was said. Yeah. <laughs> Love fire. It's on fire. Oh, yeah. Because I forgot that Jeff also offered the flint and brought up the fire making challenge as well. So, yeah. Right. And of course, with Janet. Yeah. And, and I, I do agree with what Rob said on his podcast with Taryn. I, I, again, I really enjoyed this premiere. But I think not necessarily Island of the Idols was the worst part, but I think specifically watching her practice making fire. And like you said, Liana, the like Bill Nye, the science guy-esque explanation of how to make a fire seemed a little youtube for me. And so I don't know if we necessarily need that moving forward. Uh, well, as someone who enjoys science, I actually like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it makes me think, though, you know, and I know like Rob and Taryn talked about this, but what are the next things that they're going to do? And will they have a very similar explanation um, for, you know, the lessons in the future? Um, so I don't know. I think that's going to be really interesting to see what they pull yeah. out. Well, three that they mentioned yeah. in those first two minutes were the art of persuasion, calculated risk and remaining calm under pressure. It's like all those seem like things you can't really (gasps) demonstrate, but maybe they'll involve snakes. Yes, that's because I was thinking the remaining calm (laughs) under pressure is like you and Boston Rob are both like going against each other, laying in a box of snakes. And you would just. Oh, I love that idea. Uh, that's funny. Man, if only I could go back in time, that would be a lovely idea. Um, okay, so let's keep going. Um, Our next word is dope. (laughs) Um, So we know that that's one of. Yes, exactly. Uh, Yeah, one of uh, the more interesting words that we're hearing on this season. Um, And uh, all thanks to being decently dope. So, uh, Nicole, how many times was the word dope said on this episode? (sighs) Unless I wasn't paying attention. I feel like I only heard it a few times. Um, 
So I'm going to say that I'm going to say five. And I think that answer is decently dope. dope. All right. Decently dope. I'm going to go doper. I'm going to go under. Um, okay, so first of all, Nicole, it was four, so you were very, very oh, close. So yeah, close. but technically, Mike yeah. gets this one um, being four. Yeah. Well, because yeah, because yeah. I was remembering because I I agree with Nicole. The only time I really heard dope was in that first confessional, the S O U L Survivor, uh, which was also punctuated by a really fun drone shot or helicopter shot of uh, Missy and Elizabeth like running down the beach by themselves. <laughs> Which I'm very surprised that Ronnie did not want to target the two of them for just going off alone. Exactly. Oh, I saw something really funny on Reddit that was like, okay, this is the uh, survivor like uh, zone that you're allowed to be in. Because if you're too close, that's a problem. But if you're too far away, that's also a problem. So you have to stay within like a certain radius because either you're being touched. Like, yeah, exactly. Because it's like, otherwise you're touchy or you're <laughs> off like looking for an idol. So somewhere in between is ideal. Um, okay, so we are all tied up. Our next word is clam. Mike, how many times was the word clam said on this episode? I feel like it was unfortunately only said in the squirt scene, which <laughs> was delightful in so many ways. I like Jack is such I'm you know, he told me before the season that he really wanted to play up that little brother aspect. It really does seem like he's doing it here. And Molly, I think she said she comes from a family of like six or seven. So I think her and Jack have very much a sibling bond going on. Like, I loved when not only the first time where the squirting happened, but when he held up the clam behind her while she was walking out of the ocean. Like, that just seems like such a little brother thing to do. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say clam was said. I don't think it was said a lot. I'm, I'm going to say three times. OK, Nicole, do you think it was said more or less than three times? I think I think he's close. But I'm going to say it was more. Okay, so it was two times. Yeah, only only two, two? only two times. I know that was one of the words that was like, oh, clam would be so funny to do. And then was no one else is going to say this the entire rest of the episode. (laughs) I just like in like a 15 second segment. (laughs) I thought that scene was so funny. And I learned some about marine biology. (laughs) Um, So that because I didn't know that clams could do that either. So that was a very interesting thing. Yeah, clams are, we, we caught a clam, or Josh got a clam during our little spearfishing trip that we did in Fiji. And we learned a lot about clams. When Josh actually initially went to go dive down for the clam, uh, he, he got scared by the clam because the clam opened up and he, like, <laughs> screamed and swam away. Uh, but then he went down and grabbed oh, it. Oh, I wish like, you had that on video. We, we discussed it at one point, but that, <laughs> that material is on the cutting room floor. But then he was the big hero and provided the clam and none of us got squirted. Oh, my God. Oh, that's good. Oh, sorry, I'm just I have this now this mental image of um Josh Wiggler versus the survivor contestant on the island of the idols sitting in a like box of clams <laughs> and you have to stay calm. It's all about remaining <laughs> As calm. They squirt you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um okay, so our next word is cumin. How many times is what? was the word cumin said on, on this episode? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so this was all just based on the Laro scene. Uh, so any instances of the word cumin, I will spoil, were only from uh, that scene. Um, okay, so um, let's see. Whose turn is it? Nicole? I think it's Nicole. Nicole, yes. It's Mike's turn. Uh, yeah, oh, it's it is my turn. turn. Yeah. Okay, so Nicole, how many times do you think the word was said? Cumin. <laughs> oh. I feel like it was said a lot just in that scene. Um, I'm going to. Hmm. I'm going to go for five. Okay. Ooh, five, that's a good number. Five. I'm going to say it's a little over. 
I know it's to quote Elaine some city shit, but I feel like it was said so much over the course <laughs> of that scene that I, I feel like it's slightly over. Slightly yeah. underves four times. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah. Um, I thought I was wrong. I thought I, I, I under. No, it was. Yeah, no, that was good. Um, OK, our last word. So we are actually all tied up. It's three to three. Uh, oh, it's on. Mike. Oh, it boy, is on. Here we go. Bring it. OK. <laughs> all right. So, Mike, you have to set this one. The word is touchy. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord. I tried to, like, tone that segment out of my head when talking about this, so now it makes it even harder. How many times is the word touchy? Well, it's interesting because I feel like touchy was said less and spatial awareness mm. was said more, which speaks to, like, Kelly, I think, was very, like, Ivy League with using the term spatial awareness. Again, as Elaine would probably call that some city shit terms. Uh, I would say, <laughs> I feel like touchy was said let's say let's say six times okay so nicole do you think more or less ah <sighs> well first i want to say that she, uh what, is that mm-hmm. kelly yeah. right she looks exactly <laughs> like my ob that delivered dominic oh, wow so it's a little so talk about touchy <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a little awkward. So when she said she's a germaphobe, are you like, well, okay, that makes sense given some <laughs> things that happened. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you wore gloves. Um, so what, what number did you say? I said six. Six. Hmm, I'm going to say... Hmm. I feel like it's a good number. Um, I'm going to go over. Okay. Unfortunately, Nicole, Mike is closer. It was four times. It was only said four times. Four is like the magic number. I know. Um, But yeah, I think the spatial awareness was the phrase that was used, I think, more. It started with touchy. And then I don't know Mm -hmm. if they were trying to be more PC with the spatial awareness. Because it was also funny, the fact that... Because isn't... um, it was Dan who was doing it, right? And isn't he yeah. like a Hollywood <laughs> like guy? Yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, you can take the man out of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> no, boy. Like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Dan, we're bringing in your loved one, Harvey Weinstein. Come yeah. on out. <laughs> I think he's a little busy. <laughs> um, so anyway, all right. Well, congratulations, uh, Michael. Though Nicole, you're very, very close. It was a super tight and tough game so not close enough it's though. fine Ugh. and any any, any wins that i get on the bnb this season leon's just gonna discredit because she said i was out on set yeah he was literally there nicole he pretty much cheated so you knew yes, the number, yeah. knew the number. I, was, I, was telling him, I said okay i heard about what happened at vokai can you tell me how many times the word touchy was said just in case <laughs> for a future game exactly so so yes. I'm the winner. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Congratulations, Nicole. Mike got disqualified for being Thank out you. there uh, in Fiji. So um, it's really great to have you on and congratulations on the win. <laughs> that Anytime I can beat Mike is a victory for me. That whole, again, just paying my therapy bills with all these things you're saying about me this episode. <laughs> the, that whole scene was so interesting in that, I mean, we didn't get a confessional from Dan about his side of things, but like, I don't know if we needed it. You know, like, I feel like maybe for the sake of fairness, we would get both of their perspectives. But I think he provided a bit in the conversation. I feel like focusing a lot more on how he was making certain people feel mm-hmm. is ideally more so valuable than where he's coming from. But I, I don't, also don't feel like mm-hmm. he was necessarily like thrown under the bus. You know, it, it's, it's a weird way of, of, of speaking about it. But I feel like it was it was an OK way of showing what is, for lack of a better term, a very touchy issue. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I no, I, I mean, I thought it was fine. Obviously, I wasn't out there, so I wouldn't know, Mike. Um, but I, I had no idea about this. The only thing I had heard about Vokai was that Jason was on the outs after the first day. I and mean, when we made the tribe camp visits on day two, we very much got that sense where, mm. you know, they Vokai was sitting around. There were no rap battles going on, but everyone was sort of socializing, you know, talking to themselves. And Jason was sort of off in a corner, just being very quiet. And so that really perpetuated for me, you know, how he had put himself on the outs early on. Okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah, because I thought mm. they actually showed Kelly and Dan, like, handling their issues and talking about it. Yeah. And so, I mean, otherwise, if you wanted to show that it's a mess, you don't show them being responsible human beings who can communicate their feelings, you know? So, like, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, Dan, Dan, yeah, Dan was like, okay, I realized, you know, I was wrong here. And, and even Kelly was like, yeah, and, you know, we'll get to know each other by the end of 39 days, hopefully. So, like, it seemed like everything was fine. It was just a very interesting and like you said, very like responsible adult way of, of looking at, at something like that, which, you know, when you have only a limited amount of personal space on the island, I can imagine how much of a concern it can be. It's an island. Like, they have lots of space. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but then you get in trouble if you go oh, That's, that's right. Yes, because you can't be too close. But you can't be too Kelly's far on away. an alliance on her own. She <laughs> went off of there. Yeah. So uh, for my discussion question this week, I got a tweet from MJEMJ uh, that came up with a little game that we can at least play for this next week, though. We'll see if it can be a recurring thing like the Ron Clark rulebook last season to <laughs> look at the next episode's title and see if we can figure out who said it and why. This next episode is really interesting because we mentioned this on our preview show. The next episode's title is YOLO Let's Play. And so I think it would be interesting if we tr now, based on what happened in the first episode, can we figure out a who said it? And this includes Robin Sandra's possibilities and B why the hell someone would say YOLO let's play in an episode of survivor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Nicole's really high on this. <laughs> YOLO let's play. Well, I'm just going to assume that this is a awkward white guy <laughs> trying to be cool. Okay. So All right, Dean. <laughs> No, so I was trying to think. I was like, okay, so no one says YOLO anymore. So who like would now still be using it, right? However many years after saying YOLO, even though it wasn't cool at the time, um, was actually a thing. So I I like uh, Nicole's theory. YOLO, let's play. I gotta look. Okay, let me look at a list of the cast and I'll see. All if right, I can so, so it uh, out. let me let me give a, a few of my thoughts. So to Nicole's point, Tommy could be one of them. This is very much like a no. I don't think. Tommy's yeah. hip. He hangs out with fourth graders. He's not saying That's that. true. He's doing Fortnite dances instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Here's one. So I know that there's a whole theory about how like pop culture in Canada hits <laughs> their country like six years after it hits the U.S. So I think Tom could be a very likely candidate here. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like, though, he wouldn't. Uh... He's he, oh he lives in in Connecticut now too so I mean well, listen we're we were not too uh, caught up in the times in Connecticut either I will say that's that's true because it's lit I feel like he's still behind like the Yolo hasn't hit him yet <laughs> like he'll say that in a right. few years like maybe if he was in his forties like then maybe I could see it I I could see it being Jason I think also because um, it seemed like from the preview that we saw Nora got a lot of. Um, airtime in the little preview so it makes me think it's somebody on vokai um because yolo let's play and i could see jason right he like wants to game um i think he's the appropriate demographics for saying yolo in 2019 so um I'm, my guess is jason 
All right, here, let me throw in another name here. Missy has this tragic story where she nearly died. Do you think she could get away with saying YOLO, considering that that's sort of been the attitude she's adopted since then? No. Um, I, I think she's cooler than that. Yeah, I think she's cooler than that, too. She's dope. She's, she's doper than dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> although maybe, I don't know, maybe that is a knock against her. <laughs> she does say YOLO. Um, oh, which actually, by the way, I did do a little bit of research, Mike, on the question that you asked me about whether or not vitamins could cure the tumor that she had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did find, so the type of, what I think she has, so I've not seen her medical records, um, but I think she has um, a pituitary... <laughs> I'm not an expert (laughs) by any means. Um, I think she has something called or had a pituitary adenoma. And essentially, it's a benign tumor that's on your pituitary gland. So when it pushes on it, it causes all these hormonal issues and it can be caused by a vitamin deficiency. Um, So you give essentially vitamin B12 and then uh, it goes away. So that's my theory. And that has nothing to do with the episode title unless the next episode is pituitary adenoma. What? (laughs) <laughs> see when she said vitamins i thought that was just like a cool way of saying chemotherapy oh yeah all the slang. kids are saying yeah vitamins <laughs> to <the> chemo <laughs> can just do my vitamins yo <laughs> that's what i thought maybe like oh my god what happened to your hair those vitamins <laughs> yes i guess it it sounds stupid when i say it out loud. i like it <laughs> I also like it as like, but that's what I'm going. I with. like it as a euphemism for like things, you know. Like it doesn't even to be health wise. Like, oh no, these are vitamins. That's the reason why I look this way. <laughs> I think that's mm-hmm. also just for drugs, Mike. Like, uh, yeah, I need to go to the bathroom to do my vitamins. <laughs> well, I think if you use do your vitamins, that make that really like is the smoking gun. Just it sounds dirty. <laughs> It's, yeah, I better inject my vitamins. I'll be right it's back. It's way better through the nasal cavity. <laughs> Just get that absorption right away. Yeah, can you can you go uh can you shoot up my vitamins in the webbing of my big toe? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I still can't go over the fact that there is a survivor episode that has YOLO in the title. I know. I'm excited for the the yeah. Twitch episode one day where they're talking about episode titles and they have to say YOLO, let's play. <laughs> Who is the guy who always looks high? I forget his name. On this season? Yeah. Oh. Uh, he's, 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 he's like, looks like he's sleeping all the time. <laughs> is he, what, what else <laughs> like does he, he look eyes. like besides sleeping all the time? <laughs> he, he was the guy who was making like the awkward poses in, um, in his videos. Oh, Dean. Um, Dean. I have a feeling it's him. He would say something stupid like and that. And that. that's the very first thing I said. So it all circles back. <laughs> <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Maybe that's why Dean getting confessionals because he keeps falling asleep in them. Yeah, because he's yeah. stoned. Because <laughs> he's narcoleptic. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, you said he kept to himself, so maybe he was just napping. They thought he was just being quiet. <laughs> Listen, he exerted all his energy trying to throw that grappling hook in the challenge. Yeah, that's true. Oh my god, that was another great Janet moment. By the way, was her getting a face full of sand and then just throwing the grappling hook in one try. Oh, yeah, and then just being like a total beast. That was amazing. That, that challenge is also like, now that I actually look at it, I was like, I cannot believe I got through that without dying. It's mm. crazy. Okay, wait, I want to go ahead and do my discussion question because I thought of a couple, but this one I really need to know about, and it's important that I ask you, Mike, because does no one know how to use a slide? 
uh, in this season? Was there something <laughs> prohibitive that prevented people from slipping around? Clearly there wasn't because Tom was able to use the slide successfully. I don't know if this is like an age thing, a Canadian thing. Yeah, bad. all these kids, like they're going down the slides in cool new ways, but the old guy knows how to back, do it back in his day. <laughs> Because no one's going going on the playground anymore. They're all on their iPads. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Well, Thank so you, here's Nicole. the here's the thing. I'm going to give the the benefit of the doubt to the vast majority of everyone besides Tom because when we did the challenge, the very first thing we were told was, "Okay, you're going to go up the ramp, crawl under this thing, and then slide down on your belly." That's what we were specifically told, and uh, I wonder if they were told the same thing. Because also, the way the challenge worked was you're crawling under that obstacle and it goes immediately into the slide. So it's not like you can really sit up, swivel yourself around and then slide down. But yeah, I mean that first ramp like <laughs> screwed us up. Like I still have cuts and scars on my legs that led to like lesions. that looked like something that attacked me. Josh bruised a rib because he went down on his side. So he like, <laughs> Ooh. so, and so we also, like, we did not have a jack. The jack, Vokai's plan was to have Jack go under and clear out all the sawdust first. Mm. We did not have that. We slid down, skinned ourselves up to no belief, and then crawled through the sand and the sawdust. So we were covered, absolutely covered in sand and sawdust and just sopping sweat by the time we got up that big ramp. Okay. That, uh, thank you for answering. That seems yeah, awful. Because, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Which is, so here is my follow up question is why? <laughs> like, I couldn't you just say no? I'm not doing that. I mean, I could say no, no to my very you. first Survivor challenge. You know, it's, I don't know. Boston Rob probably should have, should have negotiated. You didn't <laughs> yeah. know what I had in my pocket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should have negotiated to like swivel around after, so you didn't have to go into a face full of sawdust. You know, and maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you could get a like corneal abrasion from that. Thank you. See, it's dangerous. Yeah, so, someone could get medevac, but yeah, I mean, Janet took. I know. uh looked like Jamal took a, like, you could hear, and I think the Foley was maybe a little OTT on, like, this, the skidding sound effect, but, yeah, I mean, they they stand that wood up as much as they can, but you're still just going down bare wood, uh, you know, and I'm lucky that I had a shirt on. I cannot imagine what their, their chest looked like after that. Ooh, yeah, that sounds ooh. dangerous. Getting up the big ramp was also crazy, uh, because what, what our team ended up doing is, because we had two like supernaturally tall guys on each team. They would, they would just run up and grab the big rope themselves instead of having to do a human ladder. But to watch the tribes do it, I mean, it was a really back and forth challenge, but to have the tribes do it was pretty crazy, especially, I mean, I know that people are sort of like rolling their eyes a bit at like the Jack Joe comparison and, and Jeff saying that Jack had a big hero moment, but it was astounding to watch him go back down the rope and throw up guys twice his size with one hand up the rope. Yeah, I pulled wow. that quote. Now that's a hero move right there. Like, okay. Um, I actually really liked Jack. Um, I feel like he has Fabio upside potentially, but maybe like a little <laughs> bit more with it. Um, no, and, he, and he, he brought that up in my interview as well. Like, I, he clearly wants to channel that. Yeah, so I don't know. I think he could win. We'll see. And, and it's also interesting because, I mean, the puzzle... Which I will say, Josh and I ended up losing, but we did far better better on that puzzle than Lyro did, even though that's not saying much. Uh, but, you know, you, you always wonder when Jeff says, like, those pieces are heavy. Like, how heavy are they? They were pretty heavy. Uh, they, I definitely, like, was so full of adrenaline that I, I was moving a lot of the pieces, and I definitely pulled something in my back while I was doing that, and it kind of kept me out of commission on the plane ride home. But, 
it was like actually doing a survivor puzzle, especially one that, that was that complicated was just there was so much screaming and sweat pouring. It was intense, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Actually, so Nicole, what do you think about the fact that the person who goes to the Island of the Idols, it's just a name picked out of a bag. What do you think about that? I don't really like that. I feel like they should be like selected by like the by the tribe or by the opposite tribe and to make it just a little bit more dramatic. I thought that would be more fun too. I don't know, Mike. Was that yeah. like a, I don't know if that was ever a discussion. Well, I mean, the thing is that I don't know if it's going to be that way every time. You know, what mm-hmm. Jeff and Matt and Wagner kept hammering home to me is that it's going to be different every single time. I mean, we even saw two different ways of being sent this episode where the first one was okay, someone's going to be randomly selected from the losing tribe. And the second one is, okay, this person's just going to select a name out of a bag. I agree. I'm really hoping that there's some sort of choice involved. Even if it's like somebody finds a uh, a piece of paper in their camp that says you're immediately going to Island of the Idols. I- I'm hopeful, optimistic that there's going to be some variation there. Because I agree, if we just keep drawing names out of a hat, not only you know is that not very fun and removes the choice, but it can also bring up some accusations of there being some hinky stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're gonna um, bust Elizabeth? Like the next person who goes, they're gonna come back and be like, Elizabeth, why didn't you tell me that Boston Rob and Sandra were there? Yeah, it's like what the hell? It's really interesting because <laughs> I know that a lot of people have been have gone after Elizabeth on this, and I know I'll also speak on behalf of like what I saw. To everyone who says, like, oh, production wouldn't let Elizabeth, you know, reveal the secret of the Island of the Idols. From what I saw, that's not true. From what Jeff told mm-hmm. me, from what Rob and Sandra told me, they can tell their tribe whatever the hell that they want. Rob and Sandra obviously want to keep, prefer to keep it a secret so that everyone has that Elizabeth-like reaction when they stumble upon those two giant heads. But they can say whatever mm-hmm. they want. Surprise, surprise, Elizabeth fell for their bait once again. When they're like, okay, this is what you need to say. And she she said exactly that. And it did not go over well. Yeah, that was so bad. I thought, I mean, like, so she, I, from what I understand, her lie was that she had a game. There was a game with some urns and she had to hit an urn. And that was it. I I just, I, I can understand why you might lie in the short term, but this is a long game, you know, and essentially People yeah, are going to find, find out. out and then you're going to have that reputation of lying from the get go. You know, it just uh, ooh, it just didn't seem like a good choice. And maybe she's banking on I mean, a I think it was just this idea of knowledge is power. And maybe she just didn't realize that it's not all knowledge is power. It's sort of the dependent <laughs> on what's what knowledge you have. Maybe she'll get lucky in that, you know, if someone from Lyro goes again, if it's someone who's in her alliance they'll be much less Mm -hmm. forgiving about what it is because they'll be like, oh yeah, I just want to keep that secret so that, you know, I was going to tell you all later. I feel like if someone like Vince or Tom went and find out what it was, I feel like her chops to Nicole's point would get busted very quick. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I I just think it's going to come back to bite her. I mean, uh, I I didn't see a reason why it was necessary to lie. Um, But I, so I don't know the person that she chose, the name out of the bag that she chose, is that from any tribe or is that from the other, like, from the so other, the other tribe, tribe. Yeah, they, okay. yeah, they think they, think they want yeah. to make sure at least one, like they want to make sure both tribes go within the first couple of episodes, so that we don't get like a a ghost island thing where the first two were Malolo people who went. Mm-hmm. They want to definitely, I think they want to have both, tri- at least one person on both tribes know about Island of the Idols, so then they can see what people do with that information. And I will say there there was a lot of jokes premiere night about how like, oh, of course the person who knows the least about Survivor 
uh, ends up meeting Boston Robin Sandra. But for what it's worth, I think Elizabeth was a good choice because she is excitable mm-hmm. as all get out. Yeah. Like she's the, one of the most exuberant people out there. So even if she might not be the most knowledgeable, she had great reactions to everything. <laughs> Yeah, her reactions were fantastic. And they were so dramatic, too. I, I literally have in my notes, like, Elizabeth reaction. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Like, her eyes are going to pop out yeah. of her head. She's like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life, ever. And it's crazy, because, like, I think, you know, people might think uh, Olympic athletes or, like, athletes on Survivor sometimes don't have the most outstanding personalities that they might be, like, cast more so for their physical ability. But she has a kooky personality to match you know yeah. i guess i don't know if it's all olympic swimmers between her and katrina radke but they all have very interesting personalities <laughs> um my, actually i have another question mike can you clarify the oath of the idols so uh that's just the thing that boston rob and sandra had to sign do they have to say it every time they're there do the pe- I, people who visit I, sign I, it? I, don't know, I don't know i don't know about the pledge of allegiance of survivor <laughs> or whatever this was because yeah uh, jeff told me about this uh but i didn't really know what it meant uh you know i did not read the island of the i don't think the oath of the idols was out when we ended up uh visiting them on day two Mm. but yeah it was a little weird and also proves that like boston rob and sandra are really fun television personalities but when they're natural and interacting with each other i'm not when they're reading like i'm not too (laughs) grand on you know i don't know if a boston rob audiobook is something i would subscribe to (laughs) right how dare you um yeah the let's see it was just it was so awkward i didn't know if they had to say like i sandra i sandra <laughs> like pledge yeah, exactly. not to compete yeah, do, do, you think they, do you think they swore on a survivor bible raise or your right hand yeah <laughs> well the boston, yeah, the boston rob book. book that would be the bible um yeah i thought that was so silly i feel like it should have been more like um like a fight club pledge like you don't talk yes. about uh, Island of the Idols. First rule, yeah. <laughs> First yeah. rule, Island, Island of the Idols. Don't talk about Island of the Idols. Well, yeah, you don't I, talk about I it. I understand because I think it's it's more it's like a a blank way to be like, okay, this is what Island of the Idols is about. But I don't I don't know if they needed to read it off the page. You know, like they could have they could have paraphrased it a little bit. I know, but they spent so much time making a little plaque that has the oath on it. <laughs> Maybe that's why they also built another shelter. They wanted to get away from that oath. Mm, that's entirely possible. I hope we don't read this. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our next game here. So uh, I don't know if both of you watched it this live, this episode, but aside from a, uh, an interesting teaser of what was coming up on the episode that may have revealed some things, there was a Survivor-themed commercial for the new CBS show, The Unicorn. Did either one of you see this? I missed the commercial. I think I briefly saw it. I think I took a bathroom break uh, when it aired. All right, well, let's, for the uninitiated, including uh, my two panelists here, let me play what the Survivor commercial was. Now, this is Walton Goggins and Rob Corddry and some other guy, like, standing on the sidelines of a soccer game. And for some reason, they bring up Boston Rob. Uh, So so this this is the clip from it. Never heard of Boston Rob. Thank you very much. Seriously? He was on Survivor? Survivor All Stars? Survivor Redemption Island, Survivor Hero versus Villains. We've never seen any of the Survivors, folks. Mm. No. Survivor Marquesas? Oh, yes. Yes, seen that one. Wasn't that great? We've seen no Survivors! Okay! <laughs> so, yeah. That's weird. That was a commercial that aired during Survivor premiere. It's just a commercial? It's a commercial for the Unicorn, but it somehow had a specific scene from the show that talked about Boston Rob. 
So it was also a commercial for Survivor. Yeah, which was very odd to me personally. Uh, so is Boston Rob not the coolest person? I mean, come on, they, they're talking about him on the show. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow this makes me not want to watch either Survivor or the Unicorn. So I don't know if it did its job. Uh, yeah, I can. I understand. Listen, we're all Survivor diehards, but I think. 90% of people would have the same reaction to any Survivor fan as that guy had to Rob Corddry of like, okay, why are you going through Boston Rob's Rolodex of Survivor seasons for me? I'm just trying to watch my kid's soccer game. Is it actually a scene from the show or was it filmed solely for... Yes. Oh. Hmm. It's an excerpt from a scene of the show. But again, that's so strange. I don't know if they thought they were going to use this as a Survivor commercial at some point. Did, did they know that Boston Rob was going to be involved? It seems like it's it's too convenient, right? That in a season that highlights Boston Rob prominently, totally. that an upcoming CBS show would have a set of lines that discuss Boston Rob. And that's the entire commercial. <laughs> yeah. The so that that reminds me, I mean, I and I remember in 30 Rock, the when uh uh Jack is like listing things that are great from Boston, he mentions Boston Rob. Yes. So but that was also uh maybe more appropriate i don't know like <laughs> in terms of survivor because yeah, well, uh, i think jack was going into like why boston is the greatest city in the world and he mentions boston rob uh yeah 30 rock had some weird survivor obsessions like there were two characters named there was a character named sari and her boyfriend's name was aris mm -hmm. and this was like yes, around a couple yes, years there's a lot of yeah, around a couple years after survivor xlm but it's interesting that you bring up 30 rock because this is going to lead into a game i was very intrigued by this commercial, which I'm still very oddly obsessed with. Think about all the shows that have name-dropped Survivor or its castaways over the course of its various runs. So we're going to play a game that I call Name Drop or No Name Drop. Here's how it's going to work. I'm, we're going to go back and forth on this one. I'm going to read the name of a show, and you are going to guess whether or not that show name-dropped Survivor on it. Now, I mean... Did it actually say the word Survivor or did it actually say the name of a Survivor contestant? I, I'm not talking like, you know, they cheekily say the tribe has spoken or they have an offshoot of Survivor called like, I don't know, uh, Island Living, where it's like a Survivor-esque type of show. No, they specifically need to name drop the show Survivor or one of its contestants. And we'll see. I guess we'll see uh, if what, either one of you are big enough TV nerds to know how much Survivor is mentioned on these shows. Okay, I'm down. All right, let's start with you. Totally. Let's start with you, Liana. So again, name drop or no name jump for Survivor on Parks and Recreation? Uh, I'll believe it. I, I'm going to say yes, name drop. That is correct. In an episode titled Ron and Tammy, Anne mentions that Andy sent audition tapes to both Survivor and Deal or No Deal. A cutaway follows of a Survivor-esque audition tape from Chris Pratt. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, I got it. All right, Nicole, this one's for you. The new, right. the new adventures of old Christine. Ah, oh, okay. So I've never seen an episode of it, um, but I heard it was really good. So I feel I want to say yes, they did. That is correct. This is one of the weirder ones. In an episode titled "Get Smarter," Christine says that Russell Hance's ability <laughs> to locate three hidden immunity idols without a clue is an accomplishment, and that she will go on record saying that it will never happen again. Huh, okay. That is very yeah, that specific. That is really that's, specific. That is so strange, because that's not like a, hey, let's mention Boston Rob. 
That's like a yeah. let's mention an accomplishment from a survivor contestant that's very specific. Yeah, that's really interesting. There must have been a writer somewhere that was like, no, 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 guys, this will totally make sense. We have to include this. Maybe it was Cochrane. Was that on CBS? It, yeah, it was on CBS. Ah, there it we was go. On CBS. Yeah, yeah they were told to put it in there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. also, sorry, Christine, uh, you are wrong. I'm pretty sure, isn't Russell now tied with like, who, Ty and Ben, and I want to say Rick Devins, too? Uh, maybe. Well, I think it depends if you're asking him or you're asking <laughs> a normal person. Someone who actually knows the stats versus the yeah. person himself. Yeah, R- Russell, please let your next YouTube video be ranking the episodes of the new Adventures of Old Christine, because I think I know what the number one episode is going to be. <laughs> they all <Yeah>. suck. <laughs> Except for that one one, but that mentions me. Yeah. All right, uh, Liana, let's go back to you here. Name drop or no, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, man. Um... See, I feel like in like timing wise, do I think it would make sense? Um, sure, I'm gonna go with yes. Sorry, it was a no. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, fine. That's an oh, ABC that's why. show. See, sh- sh- should have <laughs> known my networks. <laughs> well, also, like, I don't know. Would it be weird to mention Survivor in a hospital? We talk about it all the time at the hospital, See? actually. Oh, interesting. Maybe the- there's some big Survivor fans in the hospital. Need to do their research then. Mm-hmm. All right, Nicole. This one's with you. Glee. Um, I feel like Glee is a silly show, so I I would think that yeah, maybe they did. I'm gonna go with yes. Not silly enough. The answer is no. No. <laughs> I believe they. I don't like to be wrong. I believe they sang "Destiny Child Survivor" at one point, uh, but. So that counts. In the entirety of Glee, which I had the misfortune of, of subjecting myself to, they never once lampooned or name-dropped Survivor. Oh, do you know that Destiny's Child sang Survivor to Rob? What? Like, the group? Wait, <laughs> yes. What? You- <laughs> well, it was at, like, one of the upfronts. Um, I guess uh, CBS had Destiny's Child come to the party, <sighs> and uh, they sang that sh- that song at the party. But um, Beyonce uh, wasn't there, wait, so it was just it was just the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's a very ironic Rob's song. Like, if one of your members is not like there. someone didn't survive, <laughs> yeah, someone didn't survive. Uh, wait, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, I guess you know I, I've been able to been to a couple of Unfriends events, and they can be a little cuckoo, but I never thought that they'd bring up. Destiny's Child to sing Survivor. Well, it's like Destiny's Child <laughs> yeah, minus happened. Beyonce. <laughs> minus the star. I think Kelly uh, Kelly Rowland would take issue with that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think Rob um, had a conversation with Michelle. Rowland, <laughs> oh my God. I, I don't know. I could have made this up. Ooh, I, I, mean, I want to be... Uh, I would be want to be in my own hidey hole to watch a conversation between Rob and Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child. Like, Just about anything in life. What did they talk about? Like, what yeah. did they talk about? This awkward conversation. Yeah, like, oh, great song. <laughs> I am a survivor. <laughs> oh, my God. We have that in common. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Liana, let's go back to you. Degrassi. Oh, wait. Is it Degrassi or Degrassi? Oh, it's 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 Degrassi. Um, okay, so well it's a Canadian show and we know that pop culture takes longer to get to Canada, so I'm gonna go with no. Correct answer is yes. What? Ooh. On the episode where Emma became anorexic in the oh. new generation, Manny and Emma were on the cafeteria table discussing their diet. Paige walks by and reads from behind Twigs and Berries, Are You Practicing to Go on Survivor? Oh, okay. 
sure. That's yeah, yeah, that's a fun comparison. All right, uh, Nicole, let's go to you for this next one. Breaking Bad. <sighs> um, Walter White is really cool, so he knows what's up. So I'm going to say, yeah, he talked about Survivor. Sorry, the correct answer is no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is now does that mean that Walter White? I really suck at this. Game. Yeah, but does that mean that Walter White's not cool or Survivor's not cool? Because <laughs> like drugs are bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe the maybe Mark Burnett did not want to affiliate. You know, he is a very devout man. I don't know if he wants his show affiliated with someone dealing meth. That's true. It's like I like. Or, or sorry, Yolanda yeah. dealing vitamins. Yes, that's right. Uh, they were just they were just <laughs> making vitamins to pay for the cancer treatment, which makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would all make sense. Otherwise, how would he lose his cancer without the vitamins? Exactly, it all comes together. All right, Leon, let's go back oh, to you Lord. on this one. Friends. Would Friends have referenced Survivor? When did Friends go off the air? 2004. Okay, so there was overlap. Um, sure, I can see Friends mentioning Survivor. I'm going to go yes. I'm sorry, well, it's no. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little surprised, but I guess Friends sort of like, I don't know, it, it feels very the opposite of Glee in that it never really referenced any like modern pop culture things That's that were true. going on at the time. That's true. So like, I feel like there could be a storyline where Joey would have gone on Survivor in like an alternate timeline, right? Well, even just seeing some of these or hearing some of these examples, it, it doesn't even have to be that much, right? You know, so, well, whatever. I'm curious to know your process of getting the answers to these <laughs> questions. Like, how do you know this that they definitely didn't? Uh, there, I mean, I have scoured the internet. Luckily, the Survivor Wiki has a page of like pop culture mentions of Survivor, so oh, I very much it. relied on that. So yeah, I definitely <laughs> did not. I do not have a Rolodex off the top of my head. I'm I am definitely on the Walter White spectrum of cool. I, I'm not exactly at his <laughs> level, but uh, I'm not that much of a Survivor nerd. <laughs> I was going to say though, you have a very good memory for TV, so I, I kind of believe that you just knew all of this. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's nicole it was yeah. just in your brain let's go back to you because i uh here's here's a personal favorite show of yours did the sopranos name drop survivor um i'm gonna say no i'm sorry the correct what? answer is yes what oh which episode is this all right so i actually have an audio clip here and i do apologize okay. it features rough language so if you're not in the mood for that skip ahead about 15 seconds uh this is from season three episode two not seven of the sopranos this is a survivor show. Somebody should oh, yes, yes. stick a pistol in the face and say, you're not going to survive this unless you give me 25% of that fucking million dollars. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> and we can find out where they live. See how good you survive this. It's in there. <laughs> yes, that's Furio. I, re I remember that episode. Survivor. Yes. Yes. Is that Did they also perform at the upfronts? Uh, yeah, um, he um, stepped in for Beyonce. <laughs> Stuck a pistol in everyone's face. Yeah. <laughs> I like this, though. I mean, what we learned about negotiation. Apparently, now you can do it anywhere on Survivor is what I've learned from this. So maybe you can negotiate. Uh, yeah, could you imagine if someone, like, went to the Island of the Idols and then just stuck a, like, all right, you had to beat me in fire. He's like, I don't think so. Give me that idol. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> all right, Liana, let's go back to oh, you man. here. Lizzie McGuire. Uh, sure. I'm going to... Oh, actually, you know what? I think I remember this one. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with yes. Okay, do you remember? It is correct. Do you remember how it was mentioned? No, but I remember, didn't the little Lizzie McGuire animated uh, version have, like, a Survivor outfit or something? 
I don't know why yeah, so I like, was, vaguely remember this. <laughs> there was an episode called Mom's Attack when they go camping and they divided the class up into two tribes named Pagong and Tagi. Ah, yes. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay, I'm, it's, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> yeah, this was back when Survivor was like the Breaking Bad, you know, when right. it was super cool that like you could mention the words Pagong and Tagi and people would be like, okay, that makes sense. And to everybody me. knew. It was, like, yeah. it was like the hot priest of 2000. <laughs> totally <laughs> alright Nicole let's go back to you here the West Wing hmm I've never seen the West Wing um but it was a cool show everybody watched it Survivor's a cool show <laughs> everybody watches it so I'm gonna say yeah sorry the correct answer is no <laughs> <laughs> what do I know <laughs> Well, I like that it's it's cool is how you are defining whether or not right. is it a, is it a cool show? Is it cool? That's how yeah. my brain works. <laughs> All right, Liana, going back to you here. How I met your mother. Um, let's see. I will go. I feel like I feel like I could see how I met your mother referencing Survivor, so I'm going to go with yes. That is correct. Uh, it actually referenced a few times. I believe there was one. You know punny joke where Marshall and Lee were talking about how they had survivor's guilt because one watched Survivor without the other one being there. Mm. <laughs> I, I want to say Jeff Probst might have made an appearance as well. So yeah, the, the rule of thumb usually with this quiz was like, if it's on CBS, it's going to mention Survivor. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I like the cheat. Yeah. yeah. All right, Nicole, going back to you. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Well, that's a cool show. So <laughs> I think we just need a separate podcast about whether or not Nicole thinks certain shows are cool. I like it. <laughs> um, it's and it's a funny show, so I can see them referencing it. Unfortunately, not. What? Why do you even ask me anymore? Oh <laughs> uh, yes, unfortunately, I th- believe it's always something like might have had like a reference to an immunity challenge. At some point, but no, there was no actual Survivor reference on It's Always Sunny in many seasons. Oh. Well, if it had an immunity challenge reference, I think that it would that would count. I feel like, okay, I, I, maybe I'm with Nicole on this one because I'm just trying to remember. I feel like, well, okay, what what do I know? I, yeah, I feel like that reference Survivor, <laughs> so <laughs> that's definitely fact. You know what? I'll, I, will, I will give it to you. Uh, I'll give you the point here. So current score is three points, Liana, two points to Nicole. You know what? I have a tiebreaker question. I'll throw it in just for the hell of it. Uh, and let's make it we'll make it two points just to see if this will determine the game. So because you feel bad. For no, me. never. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I've said I've said in my back pocket that I was going to negotiate with. So we're going to do this uh, like Big Brother HOH style. So I'm going to give oh, you a boy. question that has a number in it. And you're going to give you do know who you're talking to. Right? <laughs> but I, I don't do numbers. So you're going to give me a number and we'll see who gets closest here. So, okay. what number episode of Two and a Half Men did Jeff Probst appear in? <laughs> so it's like, so it's like season, you know, seven episode blank. But we're talking like, was it episode ninety? Was it episode three hundred fifty? Can I ask how many episodes, how many uh, seasons there were? Uh, there were. Let me look up that information for you, Liana. You can get a question as well if you want uh, <laughs> to make this fair. It was. Two and a half men ran for 12 seasons and, and okay. 262 episodes, just to give you some goalposts. Okay. 262 okay. episodes. Uh, <laughs> when? Okay, wait. Can I ask my question? Sure. What years? 
was two and a half men on TV. <laughs> We're getting really specific. <laughs> two and a half men ran from. I don't think Boston Rob would approve. Of two and a half it. men ran from 2003 to 2015. Oh, okay. All right, Nicole. I'll, I'll go to you first. The more numbers challenge person. So out of the, out of the 262 episodes of Two and a Half Men, what number episode did Jeff Probst appear in? Um. Uh. Uh, the 189. Okay. Liana? Okay, I have no idea, so I'm going to go with 69. (laughs) (laughs) Always a good default number. Great default number, but not in this case. Jeff Probst appeared in episode 231 of Two and a Half Men. I think it was like season 11 episode something, which means, Nicole, you were able to make it up in the bonus round. You have won this game. I, I'm the winner. I've never won anything in my life. <laughs> Congratulations, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now I get the um, the Sandra at Boston Rock yeah. statue. <laughs> we will myself. make you a mini version <laughs> of the statue yeah. that you can put in your front lawn. <laughs> yeah, it might be made out of like paper mache or I don't know, molding model magic, Karaoke clay. Whatever. It's Halloween. It's it's a good time to put that on the lawn. <laughs> I, I can imagine it's very spooky. <laughs> rude uh no we can carve a pumpkin with your face on it we could do a lot of things i think that are uh do you, that's uh, you know rob um does not allow me to get like caricatures of myself because he doesn't like my reactions to it because i'm always like what this is what they see me as i'm ugly no, I, I agree i have a caricature of myself that i'm actually staring at that i got at a, at a function that paints me like some sort of like some sort of just like I have my nose is twice the size of my face. Uh, I look like I have yeah. like a scrawny giraffe <laughs> neck. I might I'll send you a picture after this. It, it's not flattering whatsoever. So I understand Rob's resilience on this. Yeah, they always make my teeth really big, like Bugs mm. Bunny. Like why do I have big teeth? Like they do. <laughs> well, because they they somehow know all your insecurities and they just amplify it. Mm-hmm. Like screw you, caricature yes. drawing artists. Did you imagine if, yeah. if like a character drawing artist had done Island of the Idols and you had just like these these garish <laughs> portraits of Rob and Sandra? <laughs> oh my god, that would be so funny. Uh that's what they should have done instead. If they're gonna go like full silliness, um, even though I don't think they're ready to, the caricature version would be better. Maybe for one of the uh seasons later on. Yeah, exactly. Like Boston Rob on a dune buggy, Sandra <laughs> flying a kite. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's more like Bachelor in Paradise mm, sort of humor. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I mean, maybe Rob and Sandra are sort of like the wells of Survivor this season, right? They're providing advice. Mm, Yeah. So we'll see who gets engaged to Sarah Hyland by the end of this season. Uh, All right. So let's move on to our final segment of each and every week here on the B&B. The question of the week. As always, we are going to uh, go through your answers to the question of the week. Your listeners out there. We'll talk about some of our own. The question of the week from our previous show was... On the note of caricatures or statues to give a Survivor contestant and what lesson they would teach on the Island of the Idols. So not Jeff Probe says Tony would teach how to fluently speak llama accompanied with a small llama idol inside Tony's statue. That is peak TV and you can't convince me otherwise. I mean, Tony could teach a lot of different things. He could teach like making a spy shack, making a spy bunker, you know, and I think that's fitting with the uh, spy treehouse that we see at Tribal Council. Mm -hmm, Yeah. 
I think a llama speaking would be good. Do you think like he'd put you in a llama pen and your test is to like coerce it over to you? I guess like what's the challenge, right? <laughs> so, okay, you learn how to speak it, but what, like how do you win that challenge, whatever it well, that's, is? Well, that's how you, how do you utilize that? You, you try to talk to Cass. Wasn't that how, what Tony was trying to do was oh, to yeah. communicate with Cass in her language? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. They bring Cass out there. I think that would be pretty fun TV. Uh, Sir Mayan says Natalie Cole would teach what to do if somebody asks for your jacket ah uh, yes that's a classic yeah a that'd be one. a very simple mm-hmm. simple test of like can I have your jacket yes no yeah, you failed that was the test <laughs> the end <laughs> <laughs> you never should have challenged me to take the jacket <laughs> uh, Jonathan Troyer says uh, at the Taylor from Millennials vs. Gen X head survivors can learn how not to hide food and showmances from their tribe so Taylor would actually be saying, don't do what I did. Mm, I guess, yeah, you can learn from your failures, right? So uh, so that would be a good example of that. Although, if anyone... Can you imagine Elizabeth walking out there? It's a tailor from Millennials v. Gen X, who I barely remember what he looks like. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, what's... She'd be very yeah. confused. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, not the Island of the Idols visitor, says, I want to see at Stephen Fishback teach a lesson on stick chopping on Island of the Idols. Uh, that would be that would be good. I actually saw in this episode somebody like snapped a st- Vince Vince. Oh Jamal. Oh Jamal. Okay, maybe it was multiple. I was like, aha, yes, the stick breaking <laughs> lesson is. Yeah, full I saw, oh yeah, Vince might have done as well. I saw Jamal like jump on a stick and crack it. Okay, yeah. Um. So yeah. So if that was a test, they could definitely see Steven out there for that. Uh, Catherine Bademian says Shambo would teach everyone how to make chicken soup. Syllabus would include learning how to talk to chickens and then boiling them for hours. And Sia would lose her mind. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Sia boycotts. <laughs> yeah, Sia cancels Survivor. Yeah. She calls PETA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's soup, though. So, you know, we're, we're big on soup here. So I like that, though. And I could also see, like, I think people would purposely, like, lie about Island of the Idols just to send people there to meet Shambo and drive each other crazy. <laughs> Like it's a, definitely a punishment. Not a, this is not an advantage. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. Exile Island. Uh, worse. Survivor Swap says Sari should come onto the island and teach them how to get screwed over by an advantage or twist every time you play. Which Aww. not too dissimilar from what happened in this first episode. That's true. Mm. That's the lesson. Uh, Josh Spalding said this, and also uh, Daniel Winhoff said Shane Powers can teach new Survivor contestants how to use an island blackberry. Ugh, that's lovely. How, for, how to find your island blackberry? How to like kind of carve it out? How to call people from it? I think there's a lot of lessons here. Again, I don't know what the challenge is, but uh, but I could see it. Oh no, it's it's going to be like you have to send these thirty emails by the time I'm done with my cigarette. <laughs> if you win, you get an idol. <laughs> I feel like some of the people on the on the show would not even know what a blackberry is. That's true. Yeah, that's very YOLO, true. what's a blackberry? <laughs> uh John says Corinne would teach them how to completely destroy a final three in a speech. Mm, that see, that would be lovely. Ooh, and see, that that's would... that's an acquired skill though. That's true. Can you you can, can you really learn that from one afternoon on the island of the idols? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. what, what Corinne would be like would be like, okay, first focus on their dead parents if they have them, and then work out from there. <laughs> Maybe her and the caricature artist could come together to like really pick out the things that will be the flaws. That's funny. Uh, Noah says Troyzan parentheses hot 
would teach fake photography. Uh, I apparently follow Troy Zan on Instagram because I got a notification the other day that was like, Troy Zan posted to his story, like story or whatever for the first time in a long time. And I was like, oh, that's a choice I made. <laughs> Do you think that it's because his name has come up so recently with Lauren mentioning him that he's like, all right, got to capitalize on this. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back, baby. (laughs) Time for fame. (laughs) All right. uh, Josh, Adam Goldman says, Keith Nail to teach how to balance balls for immunity challenge, since there will probably be at least three immunity challenges that require this skill. Well, let's play this game. Over under three ball-based immunity challenges this season. Ooh. Um, Like, are we talking ones where we have to balance balls specifically? Like, not like ones where it's a maze or something and you've, like, guide the ball through the maze? Yeah, I feel like that. I think it's like any any challenge where Jeff is making yes. ball jokes. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, over. And that. Yeah, I think over three is good. A good idea. Wishful thinking, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keeping my fingers. Let's crossed. go ball puns and inappropriate ball jokes. <laughs> uh, Josh Green says Reem Daly and Randy Bailey. Fun little rhyme scheme there. They both can mentor the castaways on how to berate their fellow tribe members. I mean, you could add Corinne to that list. I think there's a lot of people who uh, could be really good at berating fellow tribe mates. Like, just have that one be, a, you know, an all-day uh, workshop, right? Not just a one lesson, all right? We're bringing in multiple people. <laughs> it's an yeah, intensive. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think then instead of the Oath of the Idols, it'd be like the Survivor Burn book, where it's like, here's a list of all the people from your season, and we're going to write, you know, fugly slut in it, and you have to bring that over to the island. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, wait. Out of this cast, who do you think would be more likely to have a burn book? Uh, Ooh, I feel like I feel like Dan has one, but it's a more professional Hollywood version. <laughs> right. Like it's, you know, um leather bound, <laughs> but it's still yeah. it's still a disaster. Um I don't know. Maybe Dean. <laughs> I could see Dean, yeah, because he thinks it's cool. Yeah, he could. I could yeah, see him. Dean, but but every time he writes an entry, he falls asleep before he can finish it. Oh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> and it says YOLO on the cover. <laughs> so nobody will open it. <laughs> YOLO lets burn people. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like Molly, Molly could be somebody because she really talked to me preseason about how like she values privacy and she like never reads her siblings' diaries. I could see her keeping her own little burn book and know that nobody's going to read it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let, let's let's go around the horn here. Liana, do you have any possible ideas for people to put out on the Island of the Idols slash caricatures? Yeah, I don't know how useful this would be, but I could see Keith Nail coming out and lessons on how to drive a tuk tuk. Um, you know, bonding with your tribe mates when you get a reward. I feel like that could be a very useful thing. Um, JP Hilsebeck could come out and teach people about things like that in the world and things like that. Um, so I think there's a lot of options here. Oh my god, I can't imagine being out on the Island of the Idols with JP. <laughs> like, how boring. <laughs> Alright, for this test, you have to listen to me describe a perfect date with tri-tip steak. And if you stay if you stay awake, Dean, I'll give you this idol. No, maybe his challenge is more like, you have to get the idol in his pants. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good that's point. Right, ball you, you, you have to, you have to, alright, yeah, I'm gonna put this idol in JP's pants. You have to convince him to, take, to get naked and give it to you. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, I, here's one that I have an idea. I want to assemble uh, an IOI dance squad. Uh, so it's going to be Lydia. It's going to be Butch. It's going to be Mr. Meke, Earl Cole, mm-hmm. Mike Holloway, and Ron Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a video has leaked as of late as uh, with me dancing in Fiji during the aforementioned trip, which 
makes me look like a big old goofball, the opposite of Breaking Bad. So it's very clear I need dance lessons, and I feel like that squad can, can put me to work. So we've seen an uh, Australian survivor, the charades challenge. Are we getting ready for the breakdancing challenge that might be coming up soon? The like uh, <laughs> choreographed dance off between the two tribes. Oh, I wish we need to bring in like Jason Mendoza from the good place for that one. Yeah, though. exactly. Oh, that uh, would be so fun. <laughs> Nicole, you have any ideas for people you want to see out there and possible lessons they want to teach? I feel like you have to have the survivor know-it-alls, right? You have to have Rob and Stephen Fish back out there and giving, um, you know, conflicting advice yeah. to uh, the contestants. I, mean, yeah, I like that because it's very much like the labyrinth, like two doors. One of mm. us always lies and one of us tells the truth of like, who are you going to believe at this point? They're not necessarily working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'd be like a contest between the two of them, like which one's right. <laughs> right, and they'd be competitive about it and they're supposed to be helping, but really it's just confusing the contestants. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll, I also think that the two of them would put tests to like screw with the other person mm-hmm. like yes it would be more about them than the actual yeah like Rob would be like okay you have to go convince Steven that make him rank something unintentionally <laughs> <laughs> yeah compare two things you have to pick which one is better <laughs> And I think like the statues would be very frightening. Like when you walk up, like and you see those two statues of Robin Steele. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty funny. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I would love it. And then that would be definitely something that they have to like bring on the road with them to each and every show that they did, just to make sure. If you don't know where the location is for the next Know It Alls, just look for the giant heads of Robin Steven. And that that head will definitely. be I was going to say. Then one. afterwards, it matches yours, Nicole's. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have matching heads. Oh, I can't wait for the Rob and Steven heads to perform at the upcoming upfronts for CBS. <laughs> oh my gosh, sorry. Um the immunity idol, the it's so ugly. It's so yeah, I mean, ugly. What even is it? It looks like it's gonna fall. It's just apart. like a so stick. It's, it's the Wait. well if you look at the at the uh, the logo for Island of the Idols, it's the center of that. Oh. Which is just two sticks with masks on it to represent Rob and Sandra, but they obviously don't realize that. But yeah, take it out of context, oh. it looks super paltry. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they would just like, like oh, oh yeah. crap, we need a uh, immunity idol. Put these things together. Yeah, I know that, that Josh and I were able to pick the first two idols to be in the game, but uh, we had no say in that immunity <laughs> idol. Maybe they were just like, oh crap, we've, like you said, Nicole, oh, crap, uh, grab a couple sticks, uh, glue something on. Time together. Yeah, yeah, I felt like they spent all their time and money on building those giant heads on the island of the idols and they didn't have time for the actual <laughs> idol. There was yeah. no budget. <laughs> Listen, it's a good thing. To, it's a good good uh, use of money, I would say, because that's going to survive the test of time. When aliens come, it's going to be the Great Wall of China and the Robin Sandra heads. <laughs> oh, man, the aliens will wonder about us. These must have been yeah. the gods. And then the world yeah. will end. Yeah, this must have been their leaders. <laughs> all right so question of the week for next week so we saw ronnie go through this huge rolodex of crazy jobs that he's done which includes mcdonald's selling tires dealing in cryptocurrency kickboxing in thailand so if you were a survivor contestant give us one ridiculous job that you would list out at a tribal council and it has to be real so delve into your work history and you can you know color it up how, how much you want to but we want to hear one ridiculous job that you would list out to try to show people I guess what hardships you've enjoyed over the course of your life I'm really excited to see the answers to this question my favorite was um was oh, he didn't even say like oh I 
like bought and sold cryptocurrency. What was the actual phrase that he, he said? He's like, he's like, I dealt, oh, I, I dealt, in crypto. I dealt in crypto or something like that. I was like, oh, okay, bro. He's uh, so he cool. might've said YOLO. Oh, he's not there anymore. Never mind. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> YOLO crypto could have been there. That could have been his company name. Yeah. That's his no, like forget Bitcoin, Dogecoin. It's all about the uh, YOLO coin. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, oh, disgusting. <laughs> but I love it. Next week, we're going to get into all that job stuff and much more with the great Haley Strong hailing from the land of Tom Laidlaw to give all her thoughts on this season of Survivor as we get into episode two. I really like this premiere and I think it's showing a lot of promise. I'm hoping that with 60 minutes, we still spend an, uh, a small amount of time on Island of the Idols and really focus on what this cast is doing. Because I think if this premiere is any indication, I think we have a really good group of people on our hands who are not afraid to just get stuff done early on in the game. And I, I really hope that carries forward throughout. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Yeah, they're here to play. They're here to play. All right. So, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on your two wins in both of the games, just winning the podcast <laughs> in general. If people want to hear yes. more from you, how can they check that out? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Nicole Says What. Um, and on Instagram, I'm Nicole Sestronino. And I know that very original. Also, the patrons of Rob is a podcast who might have an influx now to crowdfund for a giant head of Nicole that'll <laughs> line your sidewalk in preparation for Halloween. Uh, you do the five for five every week with Rob, right? Yes, please support my head and um, become a patron. <laughs> that is the best phrase I've ever heard. Please support my head. <laughs> yeah, you get to listen to me and all my nonsense uh, every week on the patron five for five. All right, Liana, what do you have going on? Uh, yeah, so you can find me on social media uh, at Liana Boris, also super creative handle. Um, I am, in addition, of course, to doing the B&B uh, for Survivor, Mike and I are going to wrap up the Big Brother season doing the um, RHAPBB B&B. Uh, which we have guest Peridium on, which is going to be so much fun. Um, we'll be recording that, I think, on Monday. Uh, and then I'm also doing the Mass Singer wrap up. Uh, so I have watched the episode. I'm recording right after this. I am so freaking excited to talk about this. It's so <laughs> insane. It's ridiculous. It, I mean, I know the support my headline is funny, but some of the things I have in my notes about like, I can't believe egg, you know, did this ice cream is blah, blah, blah. Like It's just so ridiculous. I can't wait. Um, so definitely check that out. Puya and I are going to be getting together to talk about all things Mass Singer and everything that happened in the season premiere. Nicole, are you a Mass Singer person? I actually just watched an episode of the Mass Singer right before I did this. And um, Dominic was very confused. <laughs> He's like, why? Why is this egg singing? This butterfly is scary looking. Oh, he was scared of the butterfly. <laughs> it, I was like, it looks more like a like a bug. I think butterflies yeah, are bug. not like a beautiful butterfly. Yeah, the proportions are not necessarily. And I guess the wings are not like as I don't know colorful. They're going for a different look. But yeah, I know my son Asher. As he's not he's not at the level where he can comprehend anything. So he's less so confused. Is more so mesmerized by just the. <laughs> huge amount of colors mm -hmm. that exist on the yeah. screen so i'm very intrigued to listen to liana and puya take on that first week uh, you can always follow me at a mike bloom type uh, along with rob i am doing exit press for this season of survivor so i spoke with ronnie beforehand for parade.com also if you want to check out all the coverage i did which includes interviews with all 20 castaways uh, matt van wagner and jeff probes broke down the cast through survivor superlatives i guess they did their own sort of version of the survivor burn book 
which was a really cool way of looking at the cast. And I talked with Jeff right after the premiere as well, and he was very optimistic about the season as well, which was a really great sign. And thank you all for putting up with me rambling on about my onset visit as well. Uh, I'm, I'm sure people have gotten tired of it at this point, but it was really a dream come true. And it was a very lucky and crazy premiere that I got to be a part of, or at least witness. And I, I cannot wait to say, you know, I am now in the dark as much as everybody else. So I cannot wait to see where it goes from here. Cause I have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're still, it still doesn't, it still doesn't matter though for the predictions, Mike, you've already lost. It doesn't matter. And I claim that now. Yeah, I absolutely okay. lost. Um, also I'm still covering lost with Josh Wiggler. We are going down the hatch each and every week on post show recaps, and we're doing some deep dives. For Survivor South Africa, I'm going to provide a bit of a spoiler here, so tune out uh, if you don't want to be spoiled on this season. Nicole, did you know at the end of this most recent season of Survivor South Africa, the top two finalists were named Rob and Nicole? What, mm-hmm. Really? Yes. Oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, Rob beat Nicole. Well, that wouldn't happen in real life, though. Yeah, this is a clearly a fantasy scenario. It's obviously not real. <laughs> Two completely unrelated people that just so happen to share the same name. And it's, it's really <laughs> odd, though, considering, you know, when we, co- we covered it so intensely on RHAP, and I got to talk with both Nicole and Rob over the past couple of weeks. So it just feels like, I don't know, it's sliding doors of Rob's and Nicole's, but they've been great. We've been putting out a bunch of those as well, so be sure to check all that out, as well as all the other great Survivor podcasts going on on Rob has a website and reality TV rehab ups. That's going to do it this week for the B&B. If you want to send us ideas or answers to the question of the week, you have a number of ways you can reach out to us. Hashtag R-H-A-P-B-N-B, the letter B, the letter N, the letter B on Twitter or on any sort of social media. Uh, you can always email us R-H-A-P-B-N-B at gmail.com. If you have longer term games, uh, send us any and all ideas. We just did a game where I asked if it's always sunny in Philadelphia had a survivor name drop. We'll do anything on this podcast, <laughs> to be quite honest. So give us ideas. There really is no bad idea. And we are so appreciative of everyone's listenership, especially early on in the season. That's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week with Haley Strong breaking down episode two of Survivor Island of the Idol. Special thanks to Scott Pierre for editing this stuff behind the scenes. Paul Oselson, our head writer, and Wolf from America for our theme song. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Liana. And we'll check you out at your next day. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. And I pray to your mama Sounds cool, I can tell you the name It's the R